Welcome to Blaza Talks podcast. My name is Mario Milanovic, and today it gives me great pleasure to uh, have Rana Mukherjee on. Rana has two decades of global hospitality experiences. He's the president of Vasa Hotels, Wellness Clinic, and Members Club, a leading brand that elevates lifestyle through bespoke luxury and wellness. His mission is to create unrivaled experiences for his guests, where they can indulge in spa treatments, savor exquisite cuisines, and unwind in luxurious accommodations. As a member of Vasa's exclusive club, they also get to enjoy VIP services, events, and amenities that enhance their lifestyles. Rana has a proven track record of delivering exceptional customer service and driving business growth in the hotel industry. He has overseen and pre-opening uh, of iconic properties such as Fairmont and Raffles in Dubai and worked with top brands such as Marriott Hotels, Region International, Bespoke Hotels, and IFA Hotels Investments. Beyond his hospitality experiences, he's also the founder and CEO of goldbeck.com, an award-winning startup. Thank you for being on the podcast today, Rana. Thank you. Thank you, Mario. And I really wanted to get you on the show. Um, we just saw each other in Dubai about a month, a month and a half ago. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, we've, we've been friends for, uh, I don't know, five, six, seven years, eight years now. I don't even know. And uh, we met in Vancouver, Canada. And uh, your background is really, really interesting uh, to me, but also our guests as well. Uh, you uh, were in the hospitality uh, industry, you still are. And uh, you really, really have some amazing um, stories to tell. And I wanted to get you on here and uh, talk a little bit about that. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. You know, uh, you've been an inspiring figure for me. I, I know that you have been at the highest levels of the top hotels in the world, from uh, you know, Singapore to uh, Canada to Dubai. And, uh, and before we get into that, and before we get into uh, your latest ventures, which are really cool, uh, you know, I, I remember you telling me a really inspiring story about uh, uh, when you first started out uh, as, a, as a young man in India. And, uh, you know, I've told this story many times to, to some really, really good friends about how you started out and how you moved from your, 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 your little city to, uh, to the big city. And all, everything that you had to go through, and you know, if you don't mind, I would really love to hear that story. It's such an inspiring story, you know, like the train and and, and sharing the rooms and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it'd be really really cool for our viewers to to hear your your background before we get to the big leagues. <laughs> you know, wow, it's been uh, what a good twenty thirty years uh, uh, down the road. Yeah, look, it's you see, it's a it's a very typical uh, Indian story, to be honest. Uh, you know, now I don't find it any more special because I've been there but if you ask me to do it no I'd be want to hear it it's 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 really really inspiring I, I love it uh -huh. um, I'm from a very small town right uh, it's uh, but small town in India it's three million people so <laughs> so a small town called Jabalpur which is center part of India and I remember my first moment uh, when I went to Mumbai mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine said uh, that take a one uh, one month vacation because you will not get this again. I passed the hotel school, um, took a train, and in fact, I remember uh, I asked my father for hundred dollar those days. It was seven thousand rupees uh, then, or one hundred fifty dollars then. And uh, I said, give it to me uh, after my birthday, fifth of August. I moved from seventh. Uh, 
um, moved to Mumbai. That's the first time I saw, you know, I'm talking about tower building. So I was quite, uh, um, in 20s, uh, early 20s or 19, somewhere there, uh, just passed, passed from the hotel school. The first time I saw the building and, and then I, I just dressed up. Uh, you have to go to a five-star hotel, you know, it's all of a sudden you're changing the game. So um, I started, the first thing I did is I acted to be a guest rather than an employee. So I ended up going to all the hotels in the lobby just to feel that I, I belong here. Uh, with the little money, I started ordering myself a coffee to feel how it tastes and so on. So it was, that was the aspiration. So I was quite, uh, but Mumbai, it's a place where you get a job very easily, but it's very hard to find a place to live. Uh, because they also have these high deposit structure and all, which I didn't have. So uh, yeah, I had our first 15 days to stay. And then I realized that I'm getting a job, but I'm not getting a place to stay. Uh, I found a place with nine people in a room. Uh, the owner loved me a lot. So he gave me okay, the so hold, to live. Hold on a second. You had nine people in, in the room. That, that's that's crazy. That's like uh, uh, unimaginable, you know. So you're sharing one room with nine people, and you're basically in this uh, uh, new city with uh, what's the population of Mumbai? Insane, twenty five million, and uh, and uh, and you're, you're you're sharing this room, and you and you basically you got a job, and and I think you told me a story about even before you got to the room, weren't you like? in the trains and you were, you were like the first, I don't know, week or something, you were sleeping in the train. Is that right? Yeah, because you know, you don't have a place to live. What do you do? So I bought a, a train pass, uh, which is an unlimited train journey. And, uh, and the train used to travel, I remember uh, between two to four in the morning, there was no train. So uh, one way was always full of traffic and the other way was empty. So the, when it was empty, I used to sleep. And when it was full, I used to stand, uh, stand still. Um, and between two to four, I used to go to the Oberoi Hotel lobby and sit there, you know. So it was... Uh... Wow. This is, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, uh, you know sh sends shivers up my spine. It really does. Because, you know, I know you as this distinguished gentleman and as this uh, general manager of these top hotels of the world. But, you know, the, the, the inspiration is that you know, once you 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 uh, you basically uh, take the curtains and open them up, uh, that's where the, the the meat of the the story is. So 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 this is this is crazy because I love this story. So you basically get there before you even share a room with the nine people. You're basically living <laughs> on a train for forty five days, and you're uh, you were you were you were you were sleeping there. You're trying to make you know make uh, a better life for yourself and. Uh, it's just I just love it. I think it's fantastic. So then, basically, you graduate from the train to uh, to the to the room with the nine people. And how long did you have to uh, live uh, in that uh, room? You know, Dubai, uh, Dubai or Mumbai is very interesting because it's um, all these nine people. I like to say it's everybody is like me, right? All our MBAs all came there to the city of our dreams. Everybody wants to be somebody. I remember one wants to be a cricket player. One was flying with an airline. So you are not like, you are, you are challenging, but everybody from all over India came there with the same aspiration. 
So that's why I never felt uh, in that city that, you know, I'm right in the bottom of food chain. I'm struggling with all this because people by my side, uh, quite such a supportive system right. of aspiration. You know, it's a, it's a different, which is, you don't need food, but, uh, and I remember 45 days, every day somebody invited me somewhere. Uh, so I say, Hey, let's go for a party. So it's sometimes Amazing. on the beach, sometime in the, uh, in there, you figure it out. Um, and so that's where the, uh, so there are days when things are not going yep. well. I always look back there oh, where I came from. And uh, uh, if I could do that, I'm Absolutely. sure uh, this is far more easier now, you know. Um, but I was quite as aspirational in terms I was always well-dressed. It doesn't mean that if I'm staying, I didn't have a place to stay, I will be run down uh, uh, there. No, it wasn't the case. Uh, always had an access. Uh, so all I say to you, sometimes when things are not, this is the lesson I learned. Even if you are down, uh, if you're able to portray yourself uh, up there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, those dirt never touches you, right? Because you, you maintain your identity. Uh, but, and it's always about you know, one journey to the other. And in fact, I got a job at Fairmont exactly the same way. One of the customer happens to be uh, the uh, director of uh, HR for Fairmont. And I was a butler then. And I was looking after him. He said, hey, you should come to Dubai. Right. And that's the way I got the job from nowhere, um, from serving uh, Prince Al-Walid to Elton John, you name it. Actually, I've been there, did my journey of that time. It was quite, uh, it means it's a story of some other day, but, uh, but I just lived the moment and just believed of something bigger than me. Uh, right. So, so, so now you're, so before you even get to Dubai, you were in uh, India, uh, you were working at the Oberoi, is that right? No, Oberoi, I started okay. my training and then I was with the Regent, uh, Regent Mumbai okay. uh, under Carlson Hospitality. So that's where I was a butler there in 99. Uh, then I came to Dubai okay. and uh, I opened the Fairmont Dubai. Uh, so then I moved to Africa in 2009. Uh, in fact, uh, I was 29 that time. And that's the first time I became a general manager with Fairmont Hotels. So from a butler to keep uh, evolving. About, uh, amazing, amazing. So, so before we even get to Africa, uh, so, so, so uh, you're in Dubai now and you're opening up uh, the Fairmont Dubai. And uh, I, I know what it's like. Uh, I was actually part of two hotels, uh, one at the Fairmont in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And I was part of the reopening crew uh, of the hotel because it had been closed for 30, 30 or 35 years. And it's actually a castle. And I was part of the, the, the group that reopened it. And uh, I actually worked uh, as a, a server in uh, the fine dining room. And then the second time is I actually owned a hotel in Oklahoma City uh, with 194 uh, rooms. And, and that, that is a story in itself. But uh, me knowing how difficult it is, what do you think uh, was one of the, 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 the craziest things about opening uh, Fairmont Dubai? Because when you 
open firm on Dubai. Dubai wasn't what it is today, obviously, right? So it must have been uh, a lot of uh, risks, a lot of uh, owners uh, breathing down your neck. Um, walk us a little bit through that. What was that like? I still say it was the, the glorious days uh, um, because Dubai was always mm, uh, a country. Yeah. You know, first time I remember when I came from Mumbai to Dubai, I, uh, I had the feeling, I said, how come the city, uh, uh, because uh, Mumbai pace is very different. Then I said, wow, this is like a serene, it's peaceful. Then uh, I felt there I'm competing with 25 million people here, all of a sudden uh, the competition is less, right? So all of a sudden I start feeling um, this might be the city which, uh, which helps to grow. And Dubai always been on, on that way. Uh, the only thing changed from then to now, the pots start getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? But uh, in a smaller pot, you are someone, uh, and a bigger pot, uh, you you grow along with that, right? So, uh, to be fair, the the core of Dubai it started then or maybe ten years earlier, uh, but the aspiration was the same, and always used to feel. Will Dubai will survive the next wave? Oh, it's it looks too good to be true. It's too big to be true, and every single uh, time it comes up even bigger than the previous one. Uh, but uh, I actually personally, you know, uh, been in Canada, uh, Africa, and so on. Uh, I love Dubai. Uh, it's just because of uh, the mindset. Uh, so the mindset which was then and now, it's about progressive uh, beyond uh, uh, religion, culture. It's all about giving a, a neutral place for people to succeed, right? And uh, yes, those days, because yep. it was yep. different kind of money, you could feel the difference of the money, <laughs> you know? So the, the party used to be wilder then. I remember the pen, the penthouse party. You know how it used to happen. I remember one day somebody ordered for a, uh, fifty burgers and about fifty <laughs> uh, yeah. club sandwich in one room, right? So uh, imagine. Uh, so those kind of parties, uh, which uh, I'm sure it happens now, but it's it's different because it's. Uh, uh, place became bigger. There's more place to party uh, those days. Uh, it was, um, it's a funny stories, uh, but I'll, I'll rather keep that, uh, you know, uh, you're right. ex when you're running That's a hotel, right. you're exposed to many other things, which you don't say it, uh, but, uh, but it was fun. Uh, but I okay. don't feel the difference in DNA, which it was then and now it's still the same. Uh, so that was South Africa, right? Uh, before. Yeah. Yeah. So before I was in Kenya. Okay. That's where I was managing uh, Fairmont Mount Kenya Safari Club. Uh, this was a Hollywood playground. In fact, this hotel was owned okay. by Adnan Kashoggi. <laughs> Sorry, Adnan Kashoggi. Jesus. Um, the biggest <laughs> arm dealer of 1970s. And he, and he gifted this hotel to his son. Right? Uh, so if you go to his... And uh, that time I was a general manager. So I, I was quite fortunate to stay in his villa. <laughs> <laughs> and you know his bed size was twelve yeah. feet by twelve feet, because he's he's a big man, right? 
so uh, no, no, Kenya, I, I'll say to you, that Kenya, uh, Africa, uh, these are, are the most challenging hotel business I have ever done. Uh, but deep inside, I feel I'm African, you know, because it connects uh, the society, the people. Uh, uh, South Africa was, it's different. It's a European version of Africa. I always say that. Uh, it's beautiful. Everything structure is there. But they were, uh, we had lots of issues with, uh, with integrity and many other aspects. Uh, um, I... And those days with Fairmont, uh, I was quite in a role of uh, going to the hotel, uh, addressing the concern, and then fix it and move on, right? Uh, I will not go much in details, but yes, there were lots of uh, issues uh, from, from a theft to, uh, to the frauds to many other aspects. And uh, everybody who lived in Africa they will understand it. Uh, and because the level is, it's such a different level. Um, and from that level, I came to Canada, right? Because it's, it's a different magnitude. Uh, and it's a different uh, aspiration because people right. get motivated there with one Coca-Cola, right? I remember on the staff motivation day, we, if we keep Coke, they are all happy, right? Um, than the other side of the world, right? right? Coca-Cola is an aspiration. Uh, It's not an expectation, right? Uh, So so when you're managing the hotels in Africa, but the expectation of the guests, these are all European customers and all, the expectation is right up there. But to taking this crew to deliver this expectation... Right. So I remember you... I remember you telling me that all the managers previous to you were getting death threats and things like this, right? Because they were basically not uh, aligning with uh, their way of doing business, right? I mean, tell us a little bit about that. You don't have to name names, but uh, you know, what was it like to walk into a situation where uh, previous management were getting death threats and you're the, you're the new guy and you know, did you have to wear a, a bulletproof vest or what was, what, what was that like? You know, um... It's surprising. We got so used to of these threats that it's no more a, a, a big concern uh, because it, that's a part of the lifestyle, right? You always go with the security. You're always you are staying uh, in the home, keeping the uh, the laser fence on uh, because uh, um, and that was the home. You are protected because it was. It's a different chain of. Uh, people right it's an organized corruption but in in a different magnitude so you don't even know who's involved where you just have to uh, protect yourself nothing in personal I remember it was all about process driven and uh, I I didn't fire to be honest but I created the process in a way that most of the people uh, left and uh, it's scary because the, the time I reached there the first example I was told in Johannesburg, uh, one of the food and beverage director was thrown from the well, from the top floor. <laughs> so I was like, so, so I, so to me, it's scary, right? Uh, so you're coming up with that aspiration, um, but then once you're part of the system, right? You you understand 
where it happens. Uh, I remember there was a firing happening. Our staff were getting a martial arts training. <laughs> they used to get a pepper spray wow. as a part of uniform, right? Uh, because they used to always get to uh, the theft during the month of Christmas. You know, the Christmas time was the most volatile because everybody needs money, everybody up there. So when they're going home, so we had a professional training and uh, it went through this entire, uh, uh, and unless sure. you are there, you don't know. Even if, I'm not doing a favor by saying it in a way, but right. once you are there, you know, these are undercurrent, right? Uh, it takes, um, but to be honest, do I love Africa? Sure. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, I just love hearing these stories because it's like, you know, like, again, it goes back to when, when, when you see somebody uh, or talk to them and you just don't know that there's this whole background and, and, and uh, this experience, you know, uh, w let's go back to Kenya. I, I remember you telling me about, uh, uh, you know, the type of packages that you guys used to have, you know, where you, you take, uh, uh the helicopter to a picnic and, uh, you know, and then you're watching, uh, the animals, uh, graze uh at the watering hole and all that you know walk me through some of those things i remember that you even told me that one of the i don't know it was a king or a prince of england i can't remember what it was but tell, tell us a little bit about that experience what, what is what is that like and i mean that level of service uh it's just uh, uh incredible right yeah because uh the definition of luxury has changed right uh and this is what i've experienced uh, over a period of time right because before uh, luxury was oh there is a flat screen tv oh uh, you put a button the windows gets open and all these then you say oh wow that's a five-star hotel right now because right. of uh, people have a better home than a hotel right so now mm, uh, the luxury is about these unique experience which you don't get it in your urban lifestyle right so kenya is I would say sitting at the epitome of experience. Um, so this specific hotel is a hundred acres of land with a golf course inside. We have our own horses, peacocks. <laughs> you know, I remember the days when I take the horse, goes to the mountain. The chef is uh, has set up uh, a breakfast for us. You know, having a champagne, having a breakfast while looking at the Mount Kenya. Amazing, and, um, amazing. Yeah, with elephants grazing and all these things, right? So that's why uh, I remember the specific day where we uh, we kept the helicopter like a taxi, right? Our goal was to take this uh, uh, our guest from the helicopter to go to the Mount uh, Mount Kenya. Uh, it's, she's on the most beautiful mountain in the world, okay. and we do a smoke uh, trout fishing, right? So we go there right on the glacier. We do a trout fishing. We open our champagne. We have our uh, breakfast there. And then come. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, Kate uh, Middleton um, and uh, Prince Williams wow. uh, exchanged the, uh, their ring there, right? And uh, that was uh, the time. Yeah, and I happened to meet uh, John yep. uh, Johnson, John Miami uh, Vice, John, uh, Don Johnson there, uh, and that was in out of blue, right? He came, hi, I'm Don Johnson. I say, hi, I'm Rana Mukherjee. How do you, I had no clue uh, who who was he, but later we became good friends, very humble man. Um, but that's Kenya for you, right? It's uh, because in our hotel, we had uh, 
we have a movie studio yep. where William Holden, William the wow. bridge in the river Coir, William Holden used to own our hotel, right? Because he sold it to Adnan Peshogi. So all the movies Amazing. like Sabrina and few other movies were all shot in my hotel. And my hotel was called as a Hollywood playground from John Incredible. Travolta, you Incredible. name it. Everybody was there in that hotel, right? Uh, so yeah, that was the African uh, journey, which... Uh... Absolutely. Well, I remember uh, I've been to uh, South Africa twice now for a month each. And uh, the day I went to, uh, to a seven-day wedding, and then I went to, which was crazy. And then I went to a safari uh, four-day safari uh, uh, just north of Port Elizabeth, and uh, it was life-changing. I remember uh, being surrounded by these wild animals and thinking, like, man, this is real life, you know? Like, you know, you watch uh, National Geographic or whatever, but being in that uh, area and being in, 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 in with those animals just it, it kind of changed my life. I know it sounds cheesy, but like it really changed my life and perspective on life as well. So I highly recommend anybody going uh, to Africa and going to a safari. So, uh, you know, amazing, amazing stories. Uh, and then uh, from there, you, you went to Vancouver, Canada, right? Yeah. So that's where we met uh, when you were the uh, manager at the Fairmont uh, Vancouver uh, airport. And uh, we had many uh, great uh, uh, lunches and, and breakfasts, and we had some fantastic uh, talks about different things. Um, what do you think uh, is, you know, today, like we, you touched on it briefly about, you know, everybody's home is better than uh, most hotels now. So I think that uh, when it comes to experiences and everything like that, you know, I, I, I just came back from Dubai, as you know, and I stayed at the Mandarin Oriental. And I have to tell you, the, the, the level of service, it was just ridiculous. I mean, my favorite hotel in the world is the Mandarin Oriental in Bangkok. It's been there for, I believe, 137 years or something like that. And uh, I keep saying that when I feel that they have the wrong person, in other words, like they must be mistaking me for somebody, that feeling is when you have reached the epitome of hospitality industry, you know? So it's... Uh, you know, you're like, uh, they must think I'm somebody else because the level of service I'm getting is like, <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? So, um, you know, how do you uh, establish that type of quality? And I know that you have to start with, you know, obviously with people that uh, have experience in the, in the upscale hotel industry. But how in the world are you able to maintain and even train for something like that, especially because, you know, the majority of employees have not been in a five-star environment as a guest, you know? So, so how, how do you, you know, I've always wondered about that. How, how do you get these people to understand luxury when they themselves are not wealthy, I suppose? See, um, I, I always uh, say to you in hospitality people, you've been there uh, you know uh, uh, better than most of us uh, is it's always about selecting the right people. Mm, and uh, you could feel some people will appreciate a beautiful foie gras and some people, even if they say, what is that? Right. Uh, so it's about mm, uh, mm, uh, what makes them happy. So when you select the right people, I remember 
I'm uh, I come from a, a small town, uh, but the exposure which over a period of time came in because of uh, who I wanted to be. Uh, I could not afford multiple beers, but every time I used to do yep. this, I used to drink only one brand at a time so that by the time I get a choice of Henneken, because there's so many brands, so I used to go taste, write it down, remember, and come back. Uh, again, I said, uh, before even I uh, got a hotel job, I went and have a coffee in the five-star to feel because that's all I could afford it. Um, but it's about the choices you make and I coming back to the point, you know, the first thing I told uh, um, whenever I hire somebody is you have to put yourself in guest shoes. But if you put yourself in guest shoes, you also have to think who uh, it's not like what will he feel, but you also have to live his lifestyle. Uh, So it becomes all of a sudden things start becoming, but be genuine. Right. Uh, and uh, I'd say to somebody is start breathing because when you breathe, then you also start feeling the difference, right? Uh, is the temperature correct? Uh, oh, is the lighting, if I sit here, is the lighting is, uh, is falling on my eyes? Uh, where will yep. the customer sit and read? You know, so yeah, this is a show, right? So, you ha- so when the customer comes to your door, it's a show starts. And we right. are the the uh, the actors of the movie, right? Uh, which includes uh, your makeup. You had a bad day at home; <laughs> doesn't matter. When you are at work, you have to be right up there, right? So every single day is, uh, and you keep saying this over and over again, you know, because remember, you are motivating somebody to make somebody else Valentine Day uh, when on the Valentine Day they are working, right? Uh, I don't even remember New Year's Eve. I go and say yep. Happy New Year Absolutely. to everybody else other than myself, right? Uh, so, so, so that's the DNA as it keeps coming of, uh, yeah. and that's what it's service about, right. right? It's you get happy when others feel happy. And I have to say, I have made so many friends who were the guests. In fact, I'm still in touch with them and as a friend. So, because you connect uh, in in deeper. Uh, because I remember my first check-in I did. Oh my God. Uh, and the customer fainted at the same time. And he, lit- <laughs> I, I have a recommendation letter for that specific day. And he got a high fever. He <laughs> hold my throat. I had a welcome drink in my hand and I fall. Oh my God. <laughs> that was my first check-in in the region of Mumbai. All right. Um, and then, you know, he passed out and so on. And then I right. cleaned him up, took him to the hospital and all these things. So that was my first experience. And then you realize what you are in, right? Uh, you are gender neutral. You are here for for the customer, right? You, are, uh, you don't have right. any, but you always know who is your customer. I remember every single customer I used to go, I used to read their profile and now it's more easier and then educate myself. If I'm with the financier, I'll read economic right. times and then I meet him so I can talk in the same level. Uh, yeah, it's Those days are done where you say, yes, sir, no, sir, you know, and I was trained by the Sir Ivor Spencer team, right? 
where we used to iron the newspaper and you know uh, so right. that the ink don't uh, touch the customer's uh, finger i'm talking about that level uh, but situation has changed um the hotel brands have changed right. and that's why i started staying now more into boutique hotels where i get more recognition more about who they are there's still a character there about the owner character rather than these copy paste uh, brands all across and you're getting american service right in the thailand you remember when we went in thailand and you're saying why i'm getting these typical american service in the center yep. of uh right. uh kosmai uh, or phuket uh, or so on right uh, and that's um, and that's where i think mm-hmm. uh, because this now luxury is becoming a mass and now that the top 5 or 10% right uh, for that absolutely well I, i agree with you i think that uh, you know i've i've spent you know last 20 years in hotels and uh very few chains are able to execute that you know and uh you know again going back to mandarin oriental does it uh bulgari perhaps does it a couple other ones but i do agree with you i think definitely in the next uh 5 to 10 years um i i'd like to go back into a boutique uh, hotel environment but very boutique very small uh service where you basically just uh you know shake your head right in terms of how in the world do you know that i like you know uh bubblegum from uh, indonesia you know like <laughs> you know so so that level of service i think is 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 really interesting and you know it doesn't it uh, the 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 client doesn't care about the money uh, at those levels they they don't care if the room is 1000 or 10000 or 20000 you know it they don't care they have the money and they just want to be able to relax and get the uh, a certain respect and and uh, of course the service right so yeah that's super interesting but i also want to go to i know you that you uh, uh, also worked in 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 singapore at uh, raffles right but there was a really interesting tidbit that you told me about uh, raffles in singapore and that is uh there they have the singapore slings there correct that's the 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 birthplace of the drink and you told me the uh, the amount of uh cocktails that they sell per month Uh, can can you tell me can, can you tell us a, a little bit about that because it was just mind blowing and that's what about it right because people wants wants that part of that history and you can get a part of the history with the 40 dollars uh, <laughs> you you see it's but in normal way if you say somebody say give me 40 dollar for a cocktail i said hey, forget it you know but there you have to take it and you have to throw the the peanuts shell I mean I can't even imagine for for you uh having worked in uh, the Middle East and in India and in Africa and then all of a sudden now you're catapulted into uh you know uh Canada Vancouver Canada you know uh what was that like I mean you know it, it must have been a big culture shock for you right uh, No no absolutely I I think the Vancouver was um, maybe I went on the rainy season that's the first time particularly the yeah. weather wise i couldn't figure it out that sun doesn't come out every day right because, because in dubai it's guaranteed that sun comes every day and uh, that was my first shock and which people find it bit funny uh, but for me uh, i have taken sun for a granted before uh, i went to canada to be honest uh, yeah it's uh, i think the amount of 
it's a very different country, you know, until and unless, again, Canada, right? Because it's immigrant, people are coming from a different place with a different uh, background. They come in here, find an heaven, and now they have, they are trying to, they live together in a certain way. Uh, the aspiration is different there. Uh, it's, uh, people right. initially found me uh, was quite out of place, right? Because uh, your, your ideas are out of place, your, you, how you dress up is out of place, uh, uh, your food habits, everything, it's, it's very different. Um, but I was quite fortunate to find uh, you guys on the uh, on a good time. That's uh, right. I remember the Fridays right. we used to meet for a scotch and a cigar in a boardroom, uh, and I look forward to it. Uh, yeah. So no, Canada. To be honest, is it was the part of the journey, and after that, I realized what I'm missing. That's why I left Canada and came back to the region. Uh, and yeah, it's it, it was a good time to I went through the full cycle and many of the answers. Uh, right. What was that thing the, that you were missing? Bigger meaning, what I need from myself. Uh, I, it's it's about that, right? I felt you took a tree and you put it in a different place, and now you expect this tree to flourish in a North American accent. Uh, then all of a sudden you say, hey, who am I? Uh, the core of who am I, right? The friends, family, food, culture, all these together, it's me, right? Then if you displace me all of a sudden and say, this is now I have to see uh, <laughs> uh, ice hockey, I have to appreciate this, I have to go for this, this is it, wow. Everything is in high exclamation. Uh, I, I was feeling it's, first I was actually went, because first of all, you're a hotelier, right? Uh, and hotelier, you are actually more, sure. uh, you accept more things than rest of the people. So imagine people who are not exposed to it. And I'm being, who've been exposed to it. I'm, I'm quite open with my food. Uh, that's what I first felt, right? But then um, I think over a period of time, I remember you and me and well, I think we played one game and that's where my entrepreneur journey start of uh, that specific game, which was unlimited money. Uh, you remember on the top, we were having cigar and we say, uh, you started this game. You say how much uh, your money will never get over, but you have to spend it to get more. And, and that's the time uh, I started, okay, $5,000, then 10 and became and so on. And then, I started investing on uh, the idea which it is. Before that, I never had that trigger moment. So I think my trigger moment for my <laughs> entrepreneur journey was starting. That's awesome. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit about that. So, uh, you know, your entrepreneurial uh, journey, uh, you know, started then. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, where it led to. And, uh, you know, and I know it involves crypto and hospitality industry. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that and what you're involved in uh, uh, today. Game. Okay. Within a week, I booked a vacation for me in the Mediterranean. And I chose about wow. 30 odd hotels <laughs> to stay in 30 days. Right. And I stayed with the different boutique hotel owners, right, with an objective of uh, acquiring them and creating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I went to Malta, Croatia, Montenegro, uh, UK, you know, the entire belt. And I was staying with different guys and trying to look at it. And, uh, and most of my meals were paid for, a few places my accommodation was looked after and all. And I was quite genuine, right? I looked into their books and I realized what are the, the challenges they are facing. Uh, because what happened is, is a generation shift happened. Uh, because the mother and father were running the hotels. They are now old. Younger generation don't want to carry the legacy and they can't hire anybody right. new to up there. Otherwise, how will the family run, right? And, and that's where uh, the stunning collection idea came up. And then over a period of time, uh, I went in, uh, into crypto with the hotelier coin launching in. Uh, and then the gold back and the gold back happened out of accident because my loyalty points got expired uh, or yep. devalued. Uh, I used to have lots of Starwood points, right? And, and Marriott took over Starwood, right? And my points got devalued, but in my mind that with my points, I could stay close to, I think hundred yep. nights I could stay for free technique or free or it's from my points. And then when the Marriott bought uh, Starwood, right. now I'm able to stay only about less than 50 room nights, right? So I called them, I said, hey, you know, when you, I'm a customer, you gave it and throughout my yep. life, uh, I've been DNA. Uh, looking after the customer, right? That's in my uh, DNA. Then I said, you give me something and then overnight you devalue it. So then what kind, it's not a reward. Right. He said, no, it's a terms and condition. I said, it's so it's a brand centric. It's about you. Right. But if you I have earned it and that's the time I realized uh, the value of the point system, which happens wow. about 89 percent of loyalty points expires every year, which is 100, wow. which is 100 billion dollars worth I had of no points idea. expire only in U.S. Uh, right. And. And when they issue the points, right. it's sitting as a, like a, it's a liability on their issuer books. And uh, they're issuing at the one cent value and the perceived value is 12 cents. So the customer always have this, oh, I'm getting more, 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 but actually, right. and the brands are issuing, but not the hotel owners. Remember there is a, so the brands were making by selling the points or by giving, by getting the brand acquisition. And that's the time the gold back came in. We said, uh, the points has to be valued with something tangible. And it's not an issuer as a liability sitting as an asset as a liability. And if the point, right. if the gold price goes up, the points purchasing power goes up. Otherwise, if I give you one rupee note or one dirham note today or one dollar note today, the purchasing right. power of one dollar, because your price keeps fluctuating, it will not able to buy that. And with the gold, it's always uh, curb the inflation. And that's where the points came in. The gold back uh, was formed. Um, and now uh, okay. on 10th of November, we are launching gold back in India because it's a very auspicious right. day in India where every Indian buy gold on 10th okay. of November called Dhanteras is a goddess Lakshmi day. And uh, so that's the first, uh, so in, uh, a platform called Amazing. gold back. So we are giving cash back in gold. So we have an affiliate marketplace, 1,000 uh, brands. You go and make a purchase. The brand gives us the uh, affiliate fees. We take the 50% of the fees. We buy gold. 
and we top up the digital gold on your wallet. Now, and your purchasing power as per the value of the gold. Gold went up by 10% and it goes up. And uh, the other thing which I'm... Excellent. Uh, Wonderful. Okay, we'll put that in the description as well. So uh, so that's, that's super interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, I've myself uh, at one point had 14 million uh, American Express points. And uh, I don't remember the last time I flew economy, anything under t over uh, two hours. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of hard to spend uh, some points sometimes. But I think uh, if you're smart with the points, you can definitely uh, fly around the world in business or in first class or, or, or stay in some really cool hotels, you know. So it's worth looking into uh, as well. But I, I do like the fact that, I mean, you sound almost like, a, you know, uh, uh, a person that's talking about a government, right? With the fiat that's not backed by anything. They just keep printing it and it's very similar, right? So it's, uh, you know, it's going back to the gold standard or, uh, you know, maybe even uh, the Bitcoin standard, hopefully. Uh, so it's a, it's a really interesting concept. I really love it. Yeah, so that's wonderful. Okay, well, look, I don't want to take any more of your time. I know that you have a, a busy life and, uh, you know, and uh, I usually end my uh, podcast with the following. Uh, if you were in my shoes and you would have asked yourself a question that I didn't ask, what would that be? You know, the most important, uh, which I, I always push it myself to answer that, uh, is uh, okay. it's what success means to me right now, right? Is uh, because once you achieve... Uh, these are social norms, right? You, you create, oh, once I'll be GM, I'll be happy. Now I founded a hotel company as well called Vasa Hotels. Uh, the new one, the hotel coming in Seychelles, you're going to see. Um, but you keep doing this because yeah. this was success looks like, oh, if I have a car, it's some success and so on. But uh, you know what I realized? Oh, you reach an age when you start losing friends. Uh, wow. uh, uh, so three of my school friends died last year um, and uh, I lost my father and you start finding a, a deeper meaning of life, right? What, uh, what is, uh, we are not immortal, right? Um, and what gives me happiness right now uh, to be a father of um, uh, my daughter, it gives me an ultimate happiness. And, and that's what life is about a journey. It's not about, uh, chasing the tick box and oh this is done this is done so you need to uh, sometime pause uh, look after your health I think that's the only thing which it's in your yeah. hand uh, we look after our car more than ourselves uh, and uh, take it easy right be more forgiving to yourself take it easy breathe um, I wish I could uh, say uh, I could have done this a bit earlier so I could have saved good 10 years of my life rather than worrying about the future because once you achieve That's things right. you realize yeah. you look back you say what I was worrying for right um, and and I think uh, this is the only message I wish to send it to all the youngsters is don't uh, start chasing the tail because somebody else is writing this script yeah. so that we get busy and we don't ask That's the right, right question. Well, really wise words. I love it. I think uh, it's uh, super important to remember those things. And, uh, you know, it's awesome. And I, I'm, I'm super thankful to have you as a friend and uh, can't wait to see what the next 10 years uh, holds, right? So awesome. Thank you so much uh, for the interview today. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it.